This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to The Content Producers, content produced by the radio broadcasting students at Durham College. Hi, this is Alex Cairns, and welcome to All Things with Alex. For today's show, I want to start you off with a riddle. Leonardo DiCaprio invaded these. Shakespeare said we're made of them, and Hall and Oates? Well, they had theirs come true. What am I? Dreams. I love learning about the psychology and meaning behind why we dream. And in my quest to understand dreams and dreaming, I've learned a lot of cool things and I've had some really great conversations with friends. I was recently chatting with one of my best friends, Emma, who's currently five months pregnant. And when the subject of dreams came up, she had a lot to say. I'd never thought about how pregnancy and the enormous changes a woman's body goes through during that time could affect the dreaming mind. I asked Emma if she could speak to her experience with dreaming so far in her pregnancy. So here is some of that conversation. Yeah, it was actually one of the very first things I noticed because I I had read that pregnant women had experienced very vivid dreams. And the night before I got my positive pregnancy test, I actually had such a vivid dream. I couldn't tell you what it was about now, but it was so vivid, was actually scary. <laughs> so that was really interesting. But yeah, the dreaming has not stopped. And do you normally dream a lot before or like you've noticed this is super different than anything else in your life? It's not super different, but it definitely is more prominent. I'm remembering my dreams a little bit more. They're a little more vivid. Generally, my dreams and like nightmares are linked to any anxiety going on in my life, which is sometimes what they say, like the pregnancy is doing right. It's your mind processing this big life change at night. There's actually so many different theories on why women dream so vividly or, or can remember their dreams better when they're pregnant or like have more nightmares everything from processing this big life change and all these emotions to there's 10 more hormones in your body and you've got higher levels of progesterone. I imagine your sleep cycle is, is probably a little thrown off too. Mm -hmm. Like that being so irregular must also contribute to it because either you're getting more REM sleep or you're not getting enough. And I feel like, you know, when you're not having like regular sleep, you just remember your dreams more. At least that's my experience. I don't know if you feel that as well. Yeah, totally. If you're awake more or you're short, you're sleeping for shorter intervals, like I'm sure you're more likely to remember what you just dreamt about because you're waking up in the middle of it, right? You think about dreams. We always think that dreams are a way of kind of processing the things that went on in your day or any anxieties you have or things you've been thinking about or been weighing on you. And pregnancy is a big one, right? It's especially mm-hmm. with your first, I think that's the way it is for me anyway, but yeah. just trying to think, okay, this, my life is going to have this big change and, you know, how am I processing all that? Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting to think about dreaming and pregnancy because I was doing some research on dreams like a little while ago. And one offering as to why we dream has to do with a part of the brain called the amygdala. That's the center of your brain where it's like your fight or flight response comes from. And so one person had theorized that, you know, in our sleep, like when we have like nightmares, for example, it's our amygdala training while we're sleeping to see like, what would you do in this situation? Or like, how would you handle this? And that's especially when you have those dreams where you just like wake up suddenly, it's like, oh my God, what was happening? It's your body and your brain fully testing you 
And I think that's interesting to think about. Absolutely. Where it's like, you're preparing for so much, so much, so much, and then you're sleeping and your brain is still trying to prepare you. That is so cool. It's kind of like giving you a pretest for when the day comes, just like, okay, well, let's give you the worst case scenario. (laughs) That is so cool. That makes a lot of sense. Like even just thinking back to dreams that I can remember, I had a dream, even though I know I'm having one baby, I keep dreaming that I'm having triplets because that, oh my God. I keep, it's a recurring dream about like, well, what if you had three? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's really interesting. The human mind is so complex and cool and dreams offer such fascinating insight into that complexity. Add in changing hormones, emotions, and the stress and joys of pregnancy. It's no wonder pregnant women dream the way they do. I'd like to thank Emma for contributing to the podcast today, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Whether you believe dreams are major tellers of subconscious processing or just find them funny or interesting, I love that dreams are something we can all connect over. I'm Alex Cairns. Thank you so much for listening to All Things with Alex. Dream on, dreamers. You're listening to The Content Producers, content produced by the radio broadcasting students at Durham College. You're listening to Campus Call-Ups. Opinions. Sports. News. Campus Call-Ups. Hi, my name is Mitchell Pellerin, and welcome to Campus Call-Ups. Coming up today, we'll be discussing possibly the greatest hockey player of all time, Sidney Crosby. In his long 17-year career, Crosby has accomplished great things, not only in the NHL, but also on the world stage. But we'll get to that a little bit later. So uh, let's just talk about Sidney Crosby as a whole. Sidney Crosby, he was born in 1987, where he got his infamous number 87 from. And he was born in Cole Harbour to his dad, who was also drafted into the NHL by the Montreal Canadiens. So you know Crosby was just born into a hockey family, and he just loved the game completely. Crosby's dad was actually drafted to Montreal Canadiens, and uh, Crosby grew up loving the team. In 2005, Crosby was actually drafted into the uh, NHL to the Pittsburgh Penguins, led by their captain at the time, Mario Lemieux, who took him in under his wing and uh, kind of showed him the ropes around the league, making him into like the character figure that we see Crosby having today. So that's just one thing that makes Crosby a great th- great player in the NHL. He's very humble. He has no social media. He doesn't really follow the actual standards of like the NHL. Like NHL franchise as like the video game has never featured him on the NHL covers. And the, those games have been coming out for years and years and years now. So he obviously just doesn't like showing off or anything like that. You could see in every one of his goals, he's never really one to take a big, big giant celebration and go jump into the boards. Like, of course, he's going to have a little bit of fun out there. Like, it's hockey. It's the greatest sport in, in the world. That's just my opinion. You guys can argue it. But uh, Crosby, he plays with a lot of heart, and he knows how to show it and when to show it. And he gets a lot of slack, that's for sure. One of the big reasons why I believe Crosby is the biggest um, the best player in the league is because he has faced so much adversity in his career and has still been able to just shine and be like the best player that 
anyone has ever seen. Like the stuff that he does on the ice is just unreal. He's he just makes it a completely different game and it's so fun to watch. But Crosby Crosby gets hit nonstop with the puck. And when like whenever he's carrying the puck down the ice, he's always getting slashed, hacked. He's broken many f- hand, like he's broken his hand, his fingers. He's gotten a couple concussions now and he still comes back and he's still the greatest player to play the game. Crosby's career has been uh, pretty pretty well. <laughs> like he's won 3 Stanley Cups, one in 2009 and then in 2016 and 2017, all 3 of them coming with the Pittsburgh Penguins where he spent his whole career. 17 years with one team, being the captain since 2007. 2 years after he got drafted into the NHL. Only person to do to be named captain before that in recent years at least was yeah, you guessed it, Connor McDavid. But what has Connor McDavid not done so far? Don't get me wrong, I believe Connor McDavid is a great player, but the argument between him and, and Crosby are just it's unbelievable to me cuz I I can't get around the fact that he is an all-time better player than Crosby. What has Crosby done in his 17-year career? Well, I can just let you know right now. You already know about his three cups. And his when he finally reached his 1000 games, Mark, in his career, he had 1,278 points. That's the sixth highest in history, and that's the most in recent years. He's fourth in assists all time. He has two Olympic gold medals and one World Hockey Championship gold medals, all coming with Canada. And yeah, he's just an unreal player to watch. I don't know if many hockey players are going to be listening to this. I don't know if I changed anyone's mind throughout the process of me trying to explain why I believe that Crosby is the greatest player. But I hope I just opened someone's eyes to show that this guy is possibly the most unbelievable player to watch play hockey. And I would do anything just to watch the guy play live. I'd I'd love to even go out on the ice and skate with the guy. That would be probably my dream. Get a couple pointers from Sidney Crosby. Well, that's all the time that I'm going to have for today. Thanks for listening to Campus Call-Ups. I'm your host, Mitchell Pellerin, and I will see you next time on Campus Call-Ups. You're listening to The Content Producers, content produced by the radio broadcasting students at Durham College. Hi, this is Carter Lusty, and welcome to Stick on Ice, coming up today. We are going to be recapping and reviewing the Montreal Canadiens game versus the Leafs last night. So starting off with the goaltenders, Sam Montembeau started today, and with the Leafs, Peter Mrazek started today. So let's get started. In the first period, the Montreal Canadiens came out flying, with Josh Anderson scoring around 3 minutes into the game, assisted from Cole Caulfield and Jeff Petrie. Now, so far this game, you know, Josh Anderson, he's been hot lately, scoring some goals, you know, that's what he was brought into. And with the Canadians struggling this year, him getting a goal in this game, and it was a fantastic play, you know, from Petrie to Caulfield to Anderson that led to the Montreal Canadiens having a 1-0 lead. Heading in near the end of the first period, Josh Anderson has a 2-on-1 and does a saucer pass past the Leafs defender to Cole Caulfield, who one-times it and gets the goal. Cole Caulfield's sixth goal this season assisted from Josh Anderson. It was a great play. Caulfield did actually fan on the puck a little bit, but it still ended up going in. And, you know, he's been hot since Martin St. Louis has been hired, you know, which he has said that is his idol. 
And, you know, Cole Caulfield is on the ice a lot tonight, and he just played amazing when, when uh, coming up next. So after the first period, the Montreal Canadiens will have a 2-0 lead over the Leafs heading into the second. About 38 seconds into the second period, Mike Hoffman would score his 10th goal this season from a sharp angle wrist shot that would go over the blocker of Peter Mrazek. And it was assisted from Brendan Gallagher, who was actually tripped on the play and gave the puck up to Hoffman, who had a one-on-one situation and went top on the goalie. I think this was, you know, Hoffman, a new addition to the Canadiens this year. I think he's playing amazing so far and what he's done for the team as, you know, he could be a trade piece. So, moving on, in about in with five minutes left in the second period, Josh Anderson would get a pass from Nick Suzuki and get a tap-in goal. Anderson is 11th goal of the season and second in the game. This play was amazing. You know, Cole Caulfield passed the puck over to Nick Suzuki, and Suzuki saw Anderson back door. And Josh Anderson would just wrist shot the puck and get it past Mrazek for another goal. Mrazek wasn't really having a good game tonight so far. You know, four goals allowed. You know, the Leafs are a top contending team, seeing that the Canadians are one of the worst teams in the league and are statistically the worst, like, horrible. But still, you know, 2 4 nothing lead for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm really, I, you know, I was really loving this, you know, watching the game, excited to see, you know, what would happen after. Because, you know, they are the Leafs. Maybe they'll make a big comeback. But moving on with three minutes left in the game, Montreal Canadian forward Tyre Pitlick would score his 10th goal of the season on a five-hole goal. And uh, it was assisted from Ben Shaw and Brendan Gallagher. You know, Tyler Pickett with a breakaway, you know, new acquisition. Young guy, we picked him up on waivers about a month ago. I'm loving his game. I love, you know, he's young, 23, 24 years old. The Canes need young players right now, and he's, you know, showing that he can actually be part of this rebuild. I'm really loving his game so far, even especially this game against the Leafs. So after the second period, it was a 5-0 Montreal Canadiens lead. Now let's head on to the third. About four minutes into the third, Ilya Mikhaev would score his eighth goal this season. Assisted from Andre Kasha and Morgan Riley. Ilya Mikhaev with his eighth goal this season. Now, you know, seeing this goal for the Leafs, you know, helping them kind of come back, you know, not come back, sorry, but get them, you know, a goal, not to get shut out by the Canadians. And in between that play, Jake Muzzin did go down with the injury. He uh, collided with Chris Weidman and went down, but was able to get off the, get off the ice, which is good to see. About a minute after that uh, Mikhaev goal, Patrick Envall would score his 8th goal of the season, assisted from Jason Spezza and Justin Hall. It was a wrist shot near the top of the key at the center. So, you know, not mad. You know, a 5-2 lead for the Montreal Canadiens, and the Canadiens would hold it out with the Leafs even playing stronger. And honestly, could add a couple goals there to bring the game even closer, which I was kind of scared about. It was a bit of a nail-biter this game. But the Canadiens would end up winning 5-2. Um, you know, the three stars of the game are Cole Caulfield, Josh Anderson, and Brendan Gallagher. You know, since Martin St. Louis has been hired, you know, we haven't been as bad. But, like, with Caulfield, he's just been playing amazing. Love to see it. And, you know, with this rebuilding season, you know, we're playing some young guys. I think, you know, being a team like the Leafs can give him, you know, that momentum, you know, having those three points. He's been on fire lately. And, you know, same with Josh Anderson. Same with that one lineup, Anderson, Caulfield, and Suzuki. Thanks for listening to Stick on Ice. See you next time on the Stick on Ice show. You've been listening to the content producers, projects produced by the radio broadcasting students at Durham College. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. 
You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. playlist food and improve health and well-being multi-award winning canadian music therapist jennifer buchanan says yes and shares both how and why in her new book wellness well played the power of a playlist to learn more about the benefits of building our own music playlist jennifer joins me now hi jennifer welcome to new music on the region podcast thanks for having me what inspired you to write the book you know I have been a certified music therapist for the last 30 years, and so I work with a lot of people in hospitals and in the community settings, and just like a physiotherapist will give you exercises in between your appointments, I was finding that was also very useful as a music therapist, and one of the best tools and resources seem to be about creating this purposeful, this intentional playlist that we could then discuss in more detail the following week. It was at the beginning of the pandemic when I was realizing as an entrepreneur myself and as someone who had a staff and we were all on certain terrain that I was needing some support and I went back to what I'm constantly talking about and that music can support us. And as I went on my own quest, I wrote the book and it's been so uplifting for me to be able to talk to people about how music can help us feel better, even through these tough times. What is it specifically about music that helps improve our health and well-being? So there's so many different ways we can look at this. Over the last uh, couple of decades, few decades, as we've had the MRI machine, we've been able to see how brain functions in in our brain and how music has been able to, uh, how it works in our brain. And it's this incredible global brain process where when we hear music, especially that music that we prefer and that we're inspired by that moves us, um, simultaneously so many different centers in our brain, our memory centers, our mood centers, our movement centers are activated. And, and when they're activated, things change for us. We feel differently. And so what we can see is that music becomes this, has this incredible capacity to very efficiently change our mood and to help us move with it into new feelings. And when we're doing something as intentional as a playlist, we can really begin to feel that for ourselves. And in the book, you discuss how to develop and use music playlists with intention. What are some first steps and factors we should consider when choosing songs for our playlists? (laughs) 
Oh, that is such a great question because as you can hear, it's so incredibly personal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it's going to be so different for each of us. Um, my The very first exercise that I wrote in the book, and this is the one I wrestled with the most because I wondered what should come first. And it's also the biggest one. I call it the mega playlist or life soundtrack. And so just as we go through life and we have all these changes, I'm going to recommend that everyone breaks down their life into decades. So whether you're 18 years old right now or 68 years old right now, that you break it down into decades. And every time you hear a song that takes you back into complete technicolor, like you can remember what you were wearing and who you were hanging out with, the music you were listening to, that we begin to document that life soundtrack so we can begin to get this image and this visual or this what we hear throughout all the years in our life soundtrack. And looking at specific songs, does like length of a song, tempo, and you were mm. mentioning years, uh, like if it's on a shuffle, like should there be a particular order? Oh, what a great question, you know, because things have certainly changed. Like when I was younger and we were using the dual cassettes, we didn't have that opportunity for shuffle after we created a playlist. (laughs) But now we definitely do. And I would say, you know, there's no one prescription on how you do this. That's why I gave so many different ways for putting a playlist together because we're going to find the ones that resonate the best for us. But to answer your question, when you're looking at length of a song or what order to put the song, I'm going to suggest that it comes down to what is your goal for that particular playlist. And if it is to meet you in a moment, say in that particular moment you have low energy and by the end of the playlist of maybe six or seven songs, you're wanting to feel Um, more brightly lifted, a little bit of upliftment, you are going to want to pay attention to what the order of the song is. And this is where we have to trust ourselves. We know how we're feeling as we're listening to this song. So putting the one that validates you and meets you in the moment at the beginning, and then the song at the end of where you aspire to go. That's how the order I would put it in. I wouldn't worry about length too much unless you're under a short timeline and you're using it for the drive to work. So you might want to clip it to be exactly that drive. (laughs) Speaking about driving too, like I have one playlist. A lot of the songs are 10 years plus old from the 90s, early 2000s. And should I be, because I use that to work out, I use it to drive. Should I be having separate playlists depending on what I'm doing in the environment I'm in? Well, first of all, I'm so glad you have a playlist. <laughs> Second of all, because we're having this conversation, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to challenge you to to create a couple of new ones because it's in the curation of these playlists. We revisit our values. We have an opportunity to explore and be creative. It is a wonderful opportunity for us to grow. And as we move past these last couple of years that have, you know, in some cases felt really heavy and maybe even overwhelming for some mundane But we need to take next steps and new music and new playlists can help get us there. 
So we talked about song selection. Does the medium play a factor? Like, you know, yeah. if we play on a cassette tape, a CD, iPod, <laughs> smartphone, I guess maybe it depends on our age, when we grew up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is can even go into a deeper conversation because it also we look at accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. And not everyone has access to the latest, greatest technology of how to put playlists together. And they might be feeling a little bit lost in that. I would suggest that we use what we have and we set some goals as to um, what we hope to acquire. But the caveat is, look around you, look at your family, look at your friends, ensure they also have the resources that they need so they can create the music and the playlist that they need in their lives. And this is where we can care for one another is just to ensure we have all the right things to do, to use the right music at the right time. I read Don Felder, rock musician and former lead guitarist of the Eagles, is a big fan of your work. How did you two connect? (laughs) It was so wonderful. We met initially because of him being such an advocate of music therapy. He was particularly interested in the neural rehab setting with people who have acquired brain injury. And I had the pleasure of having introducing him to a group of individuals I'd worked with for a long time who were huge fans of his music. And he came and spent time with us in a very intimate, small setting. He wanted to learn more about what music therapy was, and he really appreciated um, that, you know, yes, music is for entertainment and music is to soothe and comfort us. But music also has this incredible opportunity for us to regain speech, language, learning, and all the things that can help us um, help us improve after, you know, we've been blindsided by an injury. And speaking of guitar playing, I noticed that you have a few photos with a guitar on your Instagram. (laughs) Have you been playing for long? I have. And I was, okay, so here's a big shout out to public school because I was so lucky to have um, a teacher early on. Um, I think I was 12, 13 years old, who, in addition to the band classes and the choir, we had guitar classes. Like, how great was that? And so the very first song that I was able to learn was House of the Rising Sun. And it was thrilling to be able to play guitar with a group of people and sing along. And I am just grateful to be able to continue with that through an entire career of opportunity. And that actually had me thinking of the benefits of singing and playing along to our favorite songs. Does that have an additional or different layer when it comes to impacting our memory, mood, and motivation? For sure. We're accessing many areas of the brain, aren't we, at that time, including our motor skills and our fine motor. And, you know, there's so many um, elements to that. There's also this layer of lyric. Now, I particularly am not as good at memorizing lyrics as I should be. So if there's someone in the room singing the wrong words, uh, it's me. Um, but, so I think that's all I of like us. Having, 
<laughs> and that's why I like having the words in front of me. But there is something amazing about creating your own music. And I want to give some encouragement to people out there who say, oh, I'm too old to learn an instrument now. And the answer is, no, you're not. This is the perfect time for us to learn and again, grow, to develop some new neural pathways in the brain and also to find some enjoyment and laughter because like anything new, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to keep moving forward because we can. Wellness Well Played, The Power of a Playlist is now available. Where can listeners get their copy? They can get a copy at all your favorite online stores. Uh, You can also visit wellnesswellplayed.com. To learn more about Jennifer and her work as a music therapist, her website is jenniferbuchanan.ca and you can follow her on social media on Twitter at Music Therapy and on Instagram at jenniferbuchanan.mta. Jennifer, thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Thanks for having me. Wait all night and day to go to a party, sit down and wait. Give my request to the DJ cause my song he's got a play. And when I hear that beat my body up on my feet. I grab a guy and move my feet. He's playing my song. Play it. Come on, play that song. Play it all night long. Just turn it up, turn it on. Play it. Come on, did you play that song? You know that it turns me on. Just turn it up and turn it on. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.